That is Space Cadets. I'm Mutley from Mutley and the Marauders, and this is Reality Propaganda. None of the following is based on fact. In fact, it's just me just gobbing off about how I see things, about what's going on in the big wide world out there, and what's not going on in my own little world. What I'll try and do is shoehorn some poetry into each episode. Basically, I'm too lazy to write new stuff. So what I'll try and do is fit in something that was potentially written out there a long time ago and try and make it seem relevant to these days, the world we live in now. When I first started doing this, I was worried that something that I'd written out the last century wouldn't have any relevance in the world we live in. Sadly, what I was writing 40 years ago is still of importance now in this modern age the world we're living in now because what was happening 40 years ago 30 20 10 yesterday those same problems those same challenges that i see are wrong with the world are still happening today whether it be racism sexism wars ecological disaster or just people being fucking horrible to each other in every conceivable way We've still got liars and cheats. On the plus side, for me, it works because I'm a lazy fucker and it saves me having to write new stuff. All I just need to do is substitute Thatcher for Cameron or May or Johnson, Trust, Sunak, Bush for Bush or Bush for Trump and Putin for Putin. This week... I'll be looking at comedy because we all like a bit of a laugh. We all like a bit of a cavort. And comedians and their attitude and the media and all these comedians with big mouths. I intend this to be informative. Um, hopefully you'll learn things, not just about me banging on about what I believe or how I see things. But I want you to learn something. Um, and the first thing, and it will come up a little later, is that in the olden days, the every all shops used to have a particular sign. And the sign for a pawnbroker's shop was uh, a pole with three balls hanging outside. Bear that in mind. It will come up a little later. So, as I say, comedy. Comedy is the name of a game. In the old days, comedians were mainly confined to working men's clubs, smoke-filled, and it was a space where you could f poke fun of anything and everything and anyone. And it used to be minorities, people who weren't actually involved, a chance for working men or men to uh, laugh at minorities or people who weren't allowed in that club like women or ethnic minorities. No topics were off limits. Misogyny was commonplace, likewise sexist and racist views. And it was prevalent. Those attitudes were very prevalent in those days. And there were some good comedians and the career trajectory would be Working Men Club up and down the country and the big chance of a big time 
was um, to get a TV series. And there were some very good ones, Morecambe and Wise. Um, you know, got satellite series. Um, back in the day, in my day, um, the highlight of Christmas was the Morecambe and Wise Christmas show. Others uh, became game show hosts, Bruce Forsyth, uh, Jimmy Tarbuck. Um, and then it was, it was a very specific career trajectory that they had. And then somewhere in, in probably in the 1990s, comedy became a new rock and roll. Uh, it became mainstream. Uh, concert halls that had previously been the property of rock and pop stars um, became um, the, the ultimate aim for comedians. All of a sudden, these young people these young comedians that just appeared were performing in Wembley Stadium in big arenas. So, you know, people like the dear departed David Bowie and, as always, the near departed Jagger and um, Keith Richards had to share their spoils of the stadium gigs with these new kids from the block. Comedy became mainstream. We all like a laugh. We all like to have a bit of a giggle. The problem I had was that a lot of these people um, weren't really that funny. Uh, some were rude. Some were very rude, which is fine. Some were downright bizarre. Like, I know Vic Reeves and Bob Mortimer. I never really got their humour. There's people like Badil and Skinner, who aside from a football song, I never found that good. And then you've got people like Matt Lucas and David Walliams who just recycle those racist and sexist materials. People, you know, they're dressing up as women, dressing up as black people. I thought that had all been consigned to those days, those dark days of the, those smoke-filled working men clubs. So this is a poem called Comedians. Um, and it's about that. Rock and roll is dead because that's what they say. Another art to whitewash, another tune to play. Geriatric rockers from the land that time forgot. Jagger and Bowie had the day goodbye and that's your lot. Send them out to old farmyards, to old pastures to graze. But what we got to take their place? What's the latest craze? Where are the visionaries of days of long hot Donna summers? Whatever happened to the heroes of Leiden, Weller and Strummer? But we've got laughter. Comedy's the name of a game. Joking little jokers have found their way to fame. Just like in the good old days of laughing in the stalls, I met her outside the pawnbroker, she kissed me under the balls. With all our yesterdays of Jimmy, Bob and Bruce, new kids from the block swing down and start to kick it loose. Golden days of London Palladium. Don't need those old dumps anymore. Young jokers sell at Wembley Stadium. So I sat and watched the telly to see what this lot's about. I fell asleep a dozen times and in my dreams I did shout, Did you ever hear the one about the you-know-what? I tried and tried to stumble on, but the punchline I forgot. So I forced myself to watch on to see what this lot's got. My friend, he had to prod me when to laugh and when to not. He had to hit me sixty times, but the prompts became pokes. 
My ribs turned black then blue, but I still didn't get the jokes. So at half-time at the interval I switched to the other side, and at the adverts I laughed so hard I nearly split my sides. My friend looked puzzled and perplexed, an attitude that made me vexed. What? he asked. Makes you laugh? I could see that he was riled. I laugh at what I want, I replied with pride. Give me Eric and Ernie, I'm the one to decide. But they're old-fashioned, they're boring, he whinged and cried. He wasn't laughing. They're not hip. I sighed to split my sides, then I split his lip. So how the hell are we here? Caught up in the sterile confines of a silly gesture's stalemate. You see, our leaders are grey men, and blandness is our fate. Need to grab some excitement before it gets too late. Grey people for grey times. At least Thatcher had some balls. Two more than Sunak's cabinet in their back-to-basics calls. Where's the colour? Where's the passion? Not just a one-second wonder as a radical fashion. Go cut a calf in half and call it an art. As much creative capabilities as a Kellogg's cardboard pop-tart. Pompous little posers all out on the take. Multi-mega dollars, just art for art's sake. In times of recession, integrity faces a chop. In a sea of banality, the crap floats to the top. And the comedian smiles and milks the applause. Non-hero worship, he's forgotten the cause. And the audience stands and shout, Encore! Boo! Not tonight, though. It's not in his contract clause. And he's laughing, laughing, laughing all the way to the bank. Because the joke is on us. We're the ones to thank. Ha! Bloody ha. Judging by the biographies and documentaries I've seen of comedians, they're usually larger-than-life characters. They're always the life and soul of a party, but possibly insecure, neurotic, with many various hang-ups. But to a public, oh, laugh a minute, you want to meet these people, because they'll be great. Can you imagine being in a room with them, them holding court and giving opinions? It would be a right hoot. I'm sure we've all met characters like that who are extrovert, who've got opinions on everything and everyone. People like that have got the gift of a gab. Showy salesmen, they could charm the pants of a nun. Their views, they've always got views and they're always right. Imagine someone like Del Boy, Imagine a gobby comedian putting forward their views, which may be racist or sexist, but because of their force of personality, they get away with it. Imagine being on a jury with someone like that, whose views and opinions are a direct contradiction to your own sense of morality and values. Could you stand up to their views? I'd like to think I could, but to be honest, I'm not too sure. This poem is about being on a jury with somebody with their own views who put forward their views, and because of their will and strength of personality, actually going against all common sense and putting pressure on people. Um, this is called Mighty Mouth. I've watched him for years, I've known him for years, sometimes laughing, sometimes loving, sometimes hating. He's a born leader, salt of the earth, 
If there was a war, he'd be first on the beach, as they say. I say, no way. A bully pushing forward his views. Others have opinions. Others have views. But his are always right. Telling jokes, Dan is local. Never with his missus his shout. Never with his missus about. With his cigar and short and designer jumper, his laugh is loud in the crowd. He wins the arguments because he's never wrong and has the biggest mouth. He has a heart of gold, or so I'm told. Jack of all trades. Jack the lad, not bad. A trickster, a fixer. Jim will bloody fix it. He's a man, honest and true. Now locked in a single room behind the old court room, the two of us, four other men, six women, four hours of debate, four hours of my simmering hate, date rape, more like rape date, mate. We all agreed Mr X was guilty of unlawful sex, but he argued beyond all reasonable doubt, and he beat the others down and out. If I agreed, would I complain, moan with whinge with my whining disdain, now high noon soon, me against him, our opinions collided, I subsided. Without the courage of my convictions, I predict a non-not-guilty verdict. Yes, I was weak, yes, I was meek, but are you strong enough, are you good enough to face the power of a mighty mouth? Only 10% of rapes are reported, only 10% of those actually come to trial. Is it any wonder with men like this? So, comedians, big mouths. And in the news, it's been, just recently, there's been Russell Brand. Now, I know this may appear a bit controversial, but Russell Brand is a marvel. In my opinion, he should be held up as a hero, raised on the shoulders of men and women and children, and cheered through the streets. Why, you might ask? Well, just prior to all the news about um, what's come out about Russell Brand, just prior to that, in one fell swoop, he's eliminated the after-effects of that massive earthquake in Morocco that killed 3,000 people and left 10,000 people homeless. And then the effects of what happened in Libya after the massive flood that killed 1,000 people. And likewise, similar number, 10,000 people without homes and shelter. He must have cured all that. That's gone away. Because it's not in the news. It's all disappeared. Surely, if there was untold misery and suffering going on in North Africa... It'd still be in the news, dominating the headlines. Not a comedian with self-confessed sex addictions getting up to alleged sexual misconduct. What Brand has done is selflessly put himself on the front page of every newspaper, the main headline on the rolling news channels, and invigorating all these YouTubers, opinion makers and TikTokers. Surely if all those problems in Morocco were still going on, if they, they must have been resolved, solved. Because if they weren't, we wouldn't have a comedian, a big mouth comedian dominating the news. Can you imagine serious journalists who went over to North Africa to report on the human suffering and tragedy, being told that their reports would not be covered? Okay, so we're ready to do a live satellite link 
about the rescue efforts and search for survivors. Sorry, we've got to pull the story. We're all set up. We're ready to go. We need to, need to let the public know what they can do to help, how to give aid. What's going on here in the ground? They need fresh water. Cholera's imminent. There's no electricity. People are starving. There's people without shelter. This, what's going on, is a catastrophe. Uh, you need to go back to London. There's a comedian who's been misbehaving 20 years ago. We've got to prioritise. This is a big story. Priorities. A big story. There's no need to go into what caused this earthquake or flood. There's no need to examine what help is being needed to ease the suffering. There's no need to go into what can be done to avoid this type of thing ever happening again. Because the big story, the big priority, is a star with a reputation for being a Lothario, a bit of a sleazy geezer, a sex addict, who was alleged to have been noncing, perving, touching inappropriately. Is this news? Is actually anyone really surprised what Brand was alleged to have been getting up to? I don't know if he's guilty or not guilty, but what I do, I find it interesting how the media choose what to report and what not to, how they set the agendas and topics. Can you remember earlier in the year, there was that massive search of a mini submarine, that submersible, with two billionaires on board, um, one with their son, who went uh, exploring uh, off a wreck of the Titanic. It was rolling news. Only 36 hours of oxygen left. There was a countdown. There was a massive search and rescue effort. Coast guards were searching, ships and aircraft deployed. It all became a national event. And I know, unfortunately, that, that machine, um, submersible, the Titan, imploded. And those three people on board perished in the murky depths. And there's a lot of soul searching and tears were shed. But just prior to that, in the and it overlapped, um, just shows how the media works. Because there was a boat in the Mediterranean with 750 on board that capsized going between Greece and Italy. Nobody was actually sure of the exact number of fatalities. It was, you know, 75 people um, were muted to have been um, killed. Um, but there are fears that the numbers were so much higher than that, particularly when they're saying that there was 150 children in the boat, boat's hold. Still, people think that around about 500 people were presumed to have been killed, to have died. Nobody mentions that. Nobody mentions it because these were refugees. Nobody mentions that boat's name, the Messenia. That was a massive tragedy, but it became eclipsed by the Titan being lost. There was no news of any search and rescue mission. No reporting of where the migrants were fleeing from. No interviews with the survivors because the press had moved on to the next big thing. Who wants to hear about dead refugees when there's billionaires missing? 
It doesn't raise the issue amongst the public's consciousness. It doesn't bring into bring it in advertisers' revenue. It's not sexy enough to drive up the ratings. There's no money in it. There's no news in it. Because it's not sexy enough. Brand is a household name. He's famous around the world in the UK. Dead Moroccans and Libyans aren't. They don't sell products. The media constantly set the agenda, creating sensationalism, driving it up in the public psyche. After all, we like a bit of gossip. We like a bit of tittle-tattle. See, sleazy journalists will phone hack and make up stories to get their copy in the print and on the airwaves. It's been going on. This is called Mindfuckers. Don't force your weapons of mass destruction on me. Don't use them to justify peace. Who do you trust? Your mother, father, girlfriend, boyfriend, husband, wife? No one. The newspaper, the television, the radio? No one. Just yourself. They justify their own ends for their own inglories, mindfuckers. One royal marriage bust-up equals two mutilated horses in Berkshire, equals five murdered Pakistanis in Wolverhampton, equals a coach crash in Italy, equals the ravages of war in the Middle East, equals the starving continent of Africa, mind-fuckers. And high on a hill, I stand, proclaiming, I am reborn, that I am holy and pure, cleansed to worship his soul and to help others. Yeah, Help and religious fervour, grenades and guns, hands reddened by the enemy's blood. How can the murder of one be condoned as a blow struck for the preservation of life? Armed evangelicals open fire at the abortion clinic, termination a claim for the rights of God and the rights of man. And yes, I too can proclaim to be the Son of God, the Saviour of mankind, for I can lead to promised lands, and with these disciples I will fall. Christen me king, and I'll work miracles for you. Then crucify me for nails I so desire and deserve, mind fuckers. Fortuitous moments of sanctuary and sanctity, before hell of dictators destroy the calm, filling the minds of conditioned thoughts and movements. There's only one right way, there is only one given path, used to bully the weaklings and underlings into a subclass, Right-wing and left-wing ideologies and all in between. The gap so small, the scope so narrow, that all extremes must be eliminated. Mind fuckers. So how can I launch myself into this night of dreams, knowing that nothing exists, everything that is real is only for a moment. Our lives are ruled by memories and expectations, neither of which are reliable, or that fail to materialise. How can I love when it's only there for a second, when I know it never arrives or lasts, and a thousand agonies of hell exist, waiting for the next trauma? The limit of ourselves is ourself, the limit of our minds is our mind, in fear of failure, of taking the chance. Why waste time worrying, mind fuckers? Prior to all this fuss about brand, um, what was all plastered over the press was Louis Rubiales, president of the Spanish FA, who planted a uncalled for kiss on Jenny Hermoso's lips. This whole story went on for weeks before he eventually resigned. Now, I know football's a passionate sport, 
you know, teammates celebrating with each other, hugging and diving on top of each other, taking their tops off, slapping each other's asses. But it was all, it's all consensual. They're all in it together, celebrating and bonding. They're all out there. They're teammates. They're all on the pitch. Rubialis was not on the pitch. He wasn't part of it. And he's a male. Jenny Hermosa is a female. There should be no grey area in this. This was just dumb male machismo, thinking he could do what he wanted to do to a female. If this was been a men's team and he was presenting a trophy or giving out medals, would he have done the same? Of course he fucking wouldn't. Because it wasn't right. It's not the done thing to do. If he had done that, he would have been to a men's team. He would risk getting smacked in the mouth in response. Can you imagine doing that to someone like Roy Keane? And what Roy Keane's response would have been? What Ruby Alice did, he did it because he thought he could get away with it. Even even though he knew it was being beamed around the world. The sheer arrogance of a man. I don't know if it was similar to what Russell Brand did about him being arrogant and getting away with it because he was a man. Maybe, maybe not. But again, it's the media setting out the agenda, setting out all these headlines because they everybody loves a salacious story, especially when there's sex on, involved. And the more sordid, the better. This is about the media and how they set the agendas. It's the same as mindfuckers. It's all about scandal. This is called Headline. Scoop, loop, brewers, droop, shocker, probe, daily globe. New bar, pure, electric, shocker on the tube. A bit of boob, a bit of pube. Lesbian, sex show. Let's go, go, go. Serial killer rampage. The prince gets engaged. Three in a bed. Romp, stonk, bonk, conk. Read all about it and see some tits. Sunak and Biden. There's two. Drink gin. Fergie gets thin. Sports star pestered by pest. Where's George Best? Ooh, ah. Cantona, ooh, ah, where's the bar? Far, car, tar and feather, remember heather, whips and leather. You've got a grin, the plot wears thin, have another gin. Star Wars, soap wars, drug wars, football scores, King Charles scores. Nelson Mandela, bodies in cellar, knife ran, run, runs amok. Wife chops off cock, poor scorn, pop star porn, shocker locker, room boom, shake the room. Gay star exposed, press freedom closed. Madonna keeps her tits in, Vladimir Putin. Princess Kate gets them out, let's cream and shout. Man chops down a tree. Louts rob woman age 463. Red Ted commie scum. Who's got the sexiest bum? The Pope gets laid. Queen uses a sex aid. Cliff Richard gets aid. British youth easily led. Tory pervert found dead. Shazza Stone and Fat Gaza has a national winner. Ate my hamster. Cool what a sizzler. Illegal substances in Godzilla's Rizzler. Cannibal ain't maniac. Eats a McDonald. Camilla goes down on Express Donald. Pictures of St. Peter's Gates. No thanks, mate. Pictures of a dead star's head in the animal sex queen's bed that the prince is to wed. I thought it was all true. You can sue. It's up to you. Such woe and distress. God wears a sequined dress. And now the final news comes through. The only bit that's really true. The British public is easily led when aliens invade media editors' head. That's why we always get such bollocks for headlines. 
So that's just about it for this week. I know it's been a bit sombre, a bit serious, and I seem a bit hateful, but I'm fucking sick of the press and Big Mouse getting away with things, particularly when there's such horror going on in the world that I feel should be reported. Hopefully next week's episode will be a touch more light-hearted. And I think just to summarise, the strong will always victimise the weak. Men will victimise women if they're allowed to get away with it. People have got to say no. People have got to look more than the, just the mainstream media because they will always try and sensationalise things. And it's about how attitudes are forced by big business advertisers and the media. This last one's called Reality Whitewash. The grey man at the wheel looks around to see if there's some skirt he can steal. He doesn't really want to, he's just acting out the game. And in her own fucked up way, most people do the same. She cleans the bathroom mirror so she can line her eyes. An expert in delusion, an artist in disguise. She's not content with what she is, but she does the best she can. She doesn't do it for herself, she does it for a man. And meanwhile he's out hunting, this master of the hunt, cruising down the high street in his endless search for cunt, and the posters and the hoardings encourage his pursuit, glossy ads where men are men, and women simply cute. And the men are in the motor cars, and the men have nerves of steel, and they fantasise their Charlie's angels as they firmly grip the wheel. And they fantasise they're screwing in the back seat of a car. Fantasise they're fucking with a real-life movie star. Fantasies to fill the gap, to fill in every crack. A whitewash on reality to hide the truth they lack. Now she's sponging down the cooker. On the surface, all is fine. His dinner's in the oven, because he's doing overtime. She switches on the telly to make her feel secure. Helps to confirm her way of life. Who needs to ask for more? She sees the happy family, wife and hubby on the screen, the perfect social unit just like it's always been. She's done the very best she can to love and honour and obey her man, and if she should ever doubt the wisdom of choice, she can turn to the television for its moderating voice. The ads and weekly series of a proof she needs that a life of boredom outweighs her deeds. She sits till the epilogue and goes to bed alone, Content that when he's finished work, he'll go straight home. Meanwhile, he downs another scotch. The lady has a coke. And he's asked about the wife. He treats as a joke. You heard the one about the you-know-what. He'll take what he takes, and he takes what he's got. He took his woman, and he'll take plenty more. She took on a rat to keep her wolf from the door. Then maybe in her loneliness she'll want to have a child who we taught the games of adulthood, boxed and filed. Another life to whitewash to us a child is born, to follow in the parents' tracks at the path is well worn. Fantasy and falsehood, truth and lie, the fucked up system they call reality. The system needs its servants, each birth is one more. They'll gently talk of freedom as they quietly lock the door. Because the system needs its servants, if the system's going to run, needs its fodder for the workhouse and its targets for the gun. Thank you. Take care.